Hey, of all the things you got going on in your day, thank you for taking time to include us in your day. Welcome to The Quest. It's great to be together. And if you're checking us out, we're really glad that you're with us as well. I'd like to encourage you to scan the QR code. That QR code right there will help answer some questions about who we are as a church. It'll help us connect if that's something that you want to do. But we also understand that a lot of people don't want a lot of human contact at first. And if that happens to be you, we completely understand. We're just glad that you're with us. Listen, I want to remind everybody that all of our talks are available in podcast form. All you have to do is search Fresno Quest Church on any of the podcast platforms that you're a part of and you'll find us there. All right, now before we get into the talk today, we're going to pray together. And again, this is just a great opportunity for us to connect with God together. It allows us to seek God together. And so whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're handling that God needs to handle, man, this is a great time to give that to Him. This is a great time to ask God for the faith. This is a great time to get perspective on your day for what things that you're dealing with this is a great time to include God in all of those things. So let's start that conversation. Heavenly Father, we love you and thank you for your blessings in our lives. We thank you for being with us. Not just every once in a while, but Father, you are a constant presence in our lives. And I just thank you so much. You know the deepest needs of our lives. You know everything about us. And Father, I just surrender ourselves to you. Father, we come collectively and ask that you would take the issues of our lives, the chaos of our lives, and that you would shape it and form it and make something beautiful of it. Father, I also ask that those that are really struggling today, those that have been struggling, that need faith, that need you in their lives in a greater way, Father, I ask that their faith would increase and I ask that you would show up in ways that would just astound them. Father, we just surrender ourselves to you. We ask that you'd speak into our hearts today through the talk. And we ask that you would be glorified in our lives. And Father, that you would work love into our lives as we, not just through this season, not just through this time and the holidays, but Father, in our lives, may your love be a marker in our lives that others recognize you when they see it in us. Father, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we're in a great series, brand new series, second week in, and it's a fun series entitled Christmas at the Movies. We're allowing Christmas movies to be more than just entertainment. We're going to spend the next few weeks allowing these movies, these Christmas movies, to connect us to the real meaning of Christmas. Today we're looking at another fun movie, and that movie is entitled The Grinch. I say this about recommending movies. You need to do the background and the research into the movies that we're talking about. See if they fit your convictions, see if they fit your family before you rent them or before you view them. I realize that this series is a little bit difficult in this video part because I'm not able to show the, the clips on YouTube due to copyright laws. But as I go through the talk, hopefully you've seen the talk and you can imagine what that clip was like because you've seen the movie before. And if you haven't, maybe you can go and rent the movie and see it yourself. I love Christmas, but Christmas always seems to have a holiday curmudgeon. Now, if you've never heard that term before, let me give you a definition of what a curmudgeon is. A curmudgeon is a crusty, grumpy, cantankerous person who refuses to celebrate Christmas. That's who the Grinch was, a Christmas curmudgeon. The Dr. Seuss story came out in 1957. But before the Grinch, there was another Christmas curmudgeon, and that was Ebenezer Scrooge, written in 1843. But even the Scrooge wasn't the first Christmas curmudgeon. The first Christmas killjoy was King Herod. Scripture is found in Matthew chapter 2. So listen to how the story goes. It reads like this. 
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them ex the exact time the star happened to appear. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Then we jump down to verse 16 and it says, When King Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. It's almost like you can't have a Christmas story without a killjoy Christmas curmudgeon. Someone who wants to keep Christmas from happening. Someone who refuses to open their heart to the real person of Christmas. The movie The Grinch takes place in a village called Whoville. All the Who's of Whoville enjoy celebrating Christmas, with the exception of The Grinch, of course. Six-year-old Cindy Lou Who believes that everyone is missing the real point of Christmas by focusing too much on the festivities and the gifts and way too little focus on personal relationships. And Cindy Lou Who does not understand why the Grinch has not been accepted by all the Who's in Whoville. So she started asking questions. When you watch the story and you see the interviews and you hear the stories, it's not hard to understand why everyone has rejected the Grinch. Everyone says that the Grinch's heart is two sizes too small. But Cindy Lou Who is asking the hard questions. Who is the Grinch and why is he the way that he is? She's not willing to roll over and treat the Grinch like everyone else treats the Grinch. And this question is the question that we all face, and that is, what makes a Grinch? What makes a person's heart two sizes too small? How does someone's heart close off and become smaller? One of the things we all realize is you don't have to look like the Grinch to act like the Grinch. Because in the story, Betty Lou, Cindy's mom, and Martha May have the same characteristics of the Grinch's heart. And one of the markings of a smaller heart is this, a misguided heart. Betty Lou and Martha May are misguided by the competition and pride between them. A misguided heart is a distracted heart and a divided heart with divided values. For them, the main thing is not the important thing. The main thing becomes a personal thing. It becomes what our culture refers to as keeping up with the Joneses. We want to have the same stuff and we want to keep up with our neighbor. We actually want to be better than our neighbor. And it's important to know this. It's a point you can also write down. It's this. We can't love the people we're competing against. We can't. Competition sets us against one another. It causes us to judge others. It causes us to try to be like each other, try to be better than. It's a form of pride. And you can't love someone with pride in your life. Philippians tells us this. It says, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. A misguided heart can't seem to set its affections in the right place. It's always trying to come out ahead. Again, better than others. We all have a Martha May in our lives. 
They send us postcards from their perfect vacation. They post pictures on social media of the perfect family, the highlights of their life. They seem to have money to buy more than what we can afford to buy. They always have the perfect gifts. They always have the latest and greatest. Then what seems to happen is our focus becomes that we're trying to be better than they are. Again, in Philippians, it tells us this. It says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Listen, our hearts will always shrink when they're focused on ourselves, when we're trying to be better than others. Another marking of a smaller heart is this, a mismanaged hurt. No one understood why the Grinch was the way that he was. His anger, his outburst, his attitude towards Christmas didn't make sense. But there's always a reason behind the behavior. In the movie, what we discover is that the Grinch is hurt when he's a kid. And we all know that kids can be tough. Unfiltered comments, uncaring words. Those are the kind of things that leave deep wounds. And here's the thing, and you can write it down. Hurts that get ignored become infected and become toxic. We act in a way that is toxic, hurtful to others, and harmful to us. For many people, their hearts are reduced by their hurts. Either we can't get past our past because we've chosen not to forgive, or we act in a way that we think prevents people from hurting us again. We keep others at arm's distance, and we refuse to love. And it's a truth. Our hearts will always shrink when we have unhealed hurts. And what happens is our hearts become calloused and hard and distant. But Psalms reminds us about something that's really important about God. And it says this, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. When we hold on to our hurts, we become bitter. We, we nurture the pain. We continue to keep the pain alive. But when we surrender the hurts, when we give those hurts to God, we experience healing. And what that tells us is it allows us, you can write this down, to love like we've never been hurt before. Think about that, the ability to love others as if you've never been hurt before. You don't prejudge relationships and believe that others are going to hurt you before they ever have hurt you. Isaiah says it this way, Isaiah says, yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole and whipped so that we could be healed. Listen, the birth of Jesus points us to the death of Jesus. His death provides for us the healing that we need for the hurts in our lives. I encourage you to experience that this year. Another marking of a smaller heart is this, a mischievous hate. Hate should never have a place in a Christ follower's life. And yet, hatred is always a byproduct of a smaller heart. The Grinch has a lot of hate. The mischievous hate is an intentional, spiteful, bitter expression of unforgiveness. For the Grinch, he was hidden away in a cave. He rehearsed the offenses that others had caused in his life. He harbored the hurts. And when that happens, we begin to have an intentional dislike for others. Jesus said this. Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Not hate them. As I said, hate should not be a part of our lives. Now the scripture says this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. 
For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's reminding us of a really important point you can write down. We can't live in love with God if we live with hate towards others. The reason is, when we personally receive God's love into our lives, when we experience His forgiveness, one of the first things we realize is that we don't deserve it. God has looked past our faults and loved us anyway. When we live from God's love, our love to others reflects His love to us. Another marking of a smaller heart is this. We, we live without love. Christmas calls us to experience God's love and give it to others rather than living from a misguided heart or from hurt or hate. In fact, Christmas is about the gift of love. And the gift is, you write this down, that Jesus came to show us God's love. Because love is a verb. Jesus didn't come to tell us about God's love, but to show us God's love. Listen to how it says it in 1 John. It says, This is how God showed us his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love that we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage that we've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. Christmas is about God being with us. And something you need to write down is this. The greatest experience of God with us is his love to us. And here's something else you can write down. We can't celebrate God's love for us until we accept God's love to us. It's not that we can't celebrate Christmas. We won't celebrate Christmas. We won't celebrate God's love for us in Jesus. When we refuse Jesus... We miss God's love completely. The world can only celebrate a false narrative of Christmas because they can't accept the message of Christmas and they can't accept the person of Christmas. And the message of Christmas is that God loves you. And the person of Christmas is that Jesus came to demonstrate God's love for you. Just remember that God's love for you is in the expression of his son Jesus dying for you. That is the message of Christmas, that Jesus was born to die for us. So something else you can write down when we receive this is the greatest evidence of God in us is our love to others. When we accept God's love to us, he makes his residence within us. And that changes how we love others. So rather than decreasing our heart size, how do we increase our heart size? How do we allow love to grow in our lives? Well, the first way is this you write down. Love looks to the needs of others. In the movie, there's an award that is given to someone in the community every year. And this year, Cindy Lou nominates the Grinch to receive the Cheermeister Award. Cindy Lou reminds everyone this slogan. She says, the Cheermeister is the one who deserves a backslap and a toast. And it goes to the soul at Christmas to the one who needs it the most. That is an expression of love that we're supposed to have. Remember in Philippians 2, it says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility consider others more important than yourselves, and each of you should look not only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others. Love those who need it most. Those who are alone, those who are hurting, those who are angry, those who are distant. 
Another way that we increase our heart size is this, we, that love makes the first move. Love doesn't wait for others to act first. Love takes the initiative and acts right away. In the movie, everyone avoids the Grinch. Cindy Lou goes looking for the Grinch to invite him to the hubilation. And in a way, that's exactly what God did for us. His love came looking for us. God made the first move to love us first. 1 John 4.19 says this, We love because he first loved us. Another scripture in 1 John says this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Making the first move is not easy, but making the first move demonstrates love and it increases our heart size. And another way that we increase our heart size is this, that our love is not distracted. Love has to be a priority. For love to increase in our life, love has to be a priority. The expression of love to others has to be a priority. In the movie, The Grinch, in the middle of the night, the Grinch came and stole everyone's gifts and decorations. And, and he thought, surely this would distract Whoville from their celebration. Listen, to some degree, we are all distracted this time of the year from the true meaning of Christmas, from the true opportunity to love others, from the true opportunity to love God. Love can't be distracted. The purpose of Christmas is God's love for you. Ephesians says that it says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, God had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. We can't get distracted. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the greenery. It's not even about family, as good as family is. Christmas is about God's love to us and for us. And our love increases, our hearts increase, as we focus on God's love to us and what this baby in a manger actually means to us and for us. And the reason that's so important is this, love changes us. God's love is what changes us. When we encounter love, our lives are changed. In the movie, the Grinch is convinced that Whoville will be devastated because he has stolen the gifts and the decorations, but he gets exposed to the real heart of Christmas, and, and it's love. And again, hurt people try to hurt people. Healed people try to heal people. God sent his son Jesus to expose us to his love for us. And God's love is what changes us. It has nothing to do with willpower, positive thinking, or self-will. The love that we need is God himself. 1 John 4.16 says it this way, that we know and rely on the love that God has for us. That God is love. We desperately need God's love in our life. If you want change in your life, if you need healing for the hurts in your life, if you want to live a life that pleases God, if you want to live from God's love to you, you need that experience in your life. And again, in 1 Peter, the scripture reminds us, it says, He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, we are healed. Jesus came so that the sacrifice of his life would make our lives completely whole and healed, put back together. I just want to remind you that we're going to miss Christmas if we're not connected to and focused on Jesus. 
God's gift to us. You know John 3.16, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. Listen, the holiday that our culture celebrates is not the holy day that the Bible talks about. Worship is about expressing our love for God, to God. And that will always turn the holiday into a holy day. Because a holiday becomes a holy day when we choose to be present with God, to express our love to God from our heart. And I know that God wants us to experience this holy day, this opportunity where we get to encounter God, experience God, and have that the priority. And it's so easy for us to get distracted and to miss the real Christmas message, to miss the priority of Christmas, to miss the holy day. I don't want you to miss that this year. Allow God's love to touch your life and allow his love to flow through your life to others. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you. And Father, first, for those that um, do not know you, Father, for those that have not been connected to you, for those that um, have been distant and distracted, Father, I ask that as they talk to you, as they surrender their heart to you, that you would heal their past and heal their hurts, that you would forgive their sins. Father, that you would wrap them in your love and that you would breathe new life into them. Father, that they would experience the love that is demonstrated to them through your son, Jesus. Father, for all of us, I ask that you would help us today. Help our lives to be marked with your love. Help our, help our lives to be a conduit of your love. Father, help us in this busy time of the year to not be distracted. Father, help us with the, the hurts of our past and, and heal those. Allow the love in our lives to grow for others and allow that love to have an expression unlike we've had in the past, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, what a great opportunity we have to encounter God and experience God this, this Christmas. And I, I pray, my prayer for you is that you experience God's love for you in a very personal way. And that love changes you and flows through you to others. Just as a reminder, I want to encourage you to get into a small group if you're not in one. This is an opportunity to love others and to be loved by others. I want to encourage you to get into a small group. These small groups are a community that allow others to, to walk with us, encourage us, and pray with us. And we, we all need that. I also want to thank all of you for your personal contributions, your financial contributions to the church. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. We don't take that for granted. We appreciate your gifts especially during the holidays. Thank you guys so very much. I just want to remind you, if you have any needs in your life, you want others to pray with you, or, or maybe you'd like to connect with us, maybe you'd like to give online, whatever that might be, just scan the QR code. That QR code will allow you to, to give online and to have others pray with you and all those kinds of things that are so important. We would love to pray with you and we would love to encourage you. And that QR code is a great way to make that happen. Listen, thank you guys so much for being with us today. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We love you. Have a great rest of your week. Remember, spend some time intentionally connecting with God's love for you so that you have the resources to adequately love others just the way God wants us to. Have a great rest of your week.